The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. And welcome wrestling fans to the Ice Hour. This podcast is aimed at promoting the world of Division Three college wrestling and is named for the late Hall of Fame coach Dave Eisenhower. Here we'll talk about topics and news that's relevant to those who compete for the love of the sport in Division Three. The Ice Hour is sponsored by My House Sports Gear. Check out their line of wrestling gear and apparel at MyHouseSportsGear.com. Subscribe using your favorite podcasting app by going to MattTalkOnline.com slash ice. Episode 11 of the Ice Hour D3 Wrestling Podcast. Jason Bryant here with you again. Today, we're going to be visiting with the new head wrestling coach at the University of the Ozarks out of Clarksville, Arkansas, a D3 Wrestling Hall of Famer himself, Leroy Gardner. Leroy, first of all, welcome to the Ice Hour. Hey, thank you for having me, man. I'm fired up. So before we even get into this new coaching position, the world of wrestling as you're a Minnesota native, wrestled down in Iowa, I, I want to know the backstory on how somebody like you discovers the sport of wrestling, living in a hockey crazed but also wrestling crazed state of Minnesota, growing up. Yeah, it's a. It depends on how much of the story you want, JB. Um, so just roll you know, with I, it, man. Just roll. Okay, all right, cool, cool. Well, I grew up. Uh, my dad actually played basketball at the University of Minnesota, and uh, he you know he had a full ride there. Um, he's about six five, and if you you've seen me, I'm not six five, but. Uh, uh, I played basketball all the way up until eighth grade and um, played football as well. And then once I got into, you know, everyone started kind of hitting puberty and growing and uh, I was not becoming six, five. So uh, that year in uh, 10th grade, actually, um, you know, I started wrestling at Hopkins high school and uh, the assistant coach, um, Ron McClure, he got me out. He was a, uh, he was, he'd also, you know, kind of troll the hallways looking for uh, potential, you know, you know, wrestling team members. And I remember every day he saw me one day, he asked me, he said, Hey, you, uh, have you ever wrestled before? And I said, you mean like WWF? And you know, that's, that's typical. And, um, he said, I said, no, I haven't. He said, you should come out. And I said, okay. You know, and then every day he'd greet me at the door and he'd be like, Hey man, we'll, we'll make you have a six pack. Um, you know, like all these, he used to just hype me up about all these things. And, um, so yeah, that, that was, I, you know, I came out, um, and I actually, you know, had separated my shoulder real bad that sophomore, sophomore season of football. Ball. So I didn't even play football that year. Um, had like a third degree shoulder, shoulder separation. And the equipment manager also was a wrestling coach, um, Coach Al Price. And so when he saw me turning my equipment, you know, like a week, you know, a couple hours after I got it, the first day of grass drills, he was like, what happened? You know, I told him and, and I, I don't know if it's true or not, but he was like, hey, you, you know, this will help you recover, help your shoulder get better. And you know how many wrestlers have shoulder problems, but, you know, I fortunately didn't have any, but, you know, I was like, I don't know how true that is after I got in the sport. I was like, I think they were just trying to get me out, you know, because I, <laughs> I I don't have a six pack and I, I never had one. I got real close maybe four, but never full six. So, but yeah, man, that's, that's it. I mean, I just loved it. You know, I had an older brother um, who was seven years older than me and, he just, and him and my cousins used to just kind of pound me and, you know, growing up, um, I think there's no better training for wrestling, what it takes to be successful in wrestling than being a little brother um, because there's a lot of time spent, you know, just kind of learning, trying to get better and working really hard and not really seeing the results. And then, you know, one day it just sort of clicks and, you know, then you're, you're the, you're the guy beating up on everyone. So yeah, it was, uh, my parents supported it. You know, my dad didn't try to make me play basketball or anything. And he just saw me, he was just glad to see me working on it. You know, I'd go running, uh, all the time through golden Valley. And I remember I, I used to make it a point on super bowl Sundays. I would go run at halftime, the rest of the game, 
because I knew every other heavyweight was, you know, sitting on the couch, watching, eating pizza, watching the game. And so uh, I used to do little crazy weird things like that. But um, yeah, I loved it, man. It just I, I remember we had a, you know, a heavyweight who was varsity was going to play football at Carnegie Mellon my first uh, season. And um, he tried to like, he just cross fakes the heck out of me, you know, drew blood. And I remember thinking, and that was my first day of practice. And I remember thinking like, one, he just gave you his best shot. And then two, like if this sport is just being able to take someone's best shot and keep going, like I can do that sport. And so, uh, you know, that's kind of how it all came down. And I just loved it. It was like a fish to water. And how so. quickly did you start jumping into the the summer stuff, the freestyling Greco? <laughs> uh, man, right away. My first year as a first year wrestler, like I always joke that my first Greco tournament, um, and this was probably a thing, you know, this was a, you know, between Dave, Cor- uh, Dave Corey and um, some of those guys in the storm, like my first Greco tournament was junior duels as a cadet. And, um, you know, I did, I did it from the beginning, you know, my, my call, my high school coach just told me, Hey, you know, this is what you need to do to be, to reach your goals. If that's what you say your goals are. And, uh, I did, man, I wrestled, I went down to the U, um, you know, for freestyle and Greco each time, every, you know, every week I drive down there, my, you know, get dropped off or drive myself and, um, train down there, man. And, you know, took a lot of beatings, but, um, you know, we had some good guys and I think, you know, you have, you, you're, you're pretty, uh, familiar with, uh, Jake Clark and, all those guys, man, there's some studs rolling around, you know, so it was always clear, you know, what, what's possible. So, um, yeah, man, from the beginning, what was your favorite Greco Roman or freestyle? Um, I liked them both for different reasons. And one, I think Greco was like a legal street fight. Um, you know, whether you win or lose, you always feel like you, you've sort of been in a, been in a fight. And I liked that. Um, I liked that it was a little, like, I feel like sometimes in, in freestyle, you, you might be able to like out slick somebody, you know, you might be able to hit like a low single real quick or something like that, or a, or a duck, but in Greco, um, you know, it's, it's a little, there's, there's a little, I sometimes feel like it's a little more tactical, you know, like an off balance or something like that, where, because you're limited in your attacks, you know, sometimes it's a little bit more chess like, but, um, I think I like them both. And I, but I think honestly, if I had to, um, look at my body type and, you know, my style of wrestling, especially as I came off out of college, um, I, you know, I probably, uh, should have should have stayed on the freestyle path, but I had some early success in Greco. I think Minnesota background helped, and the rules were pretty favorable to my style. You know, like Coach Chandler had us, you know, just out out hand fight people and and get them put down and gut wrench. And I had a good gut, and so that worked real well when conditioning was a factor. But when they changed the rules, um, you know, I, I, I'm not real long. I was like, you know, five eleven, and um, <clears throat> so it wasn't real long. And you get those international guys, and they're like six two, six three at heavyweight or above, and they're just real long. So a lot of leverage. So at 17, 18 years old, what goals did you have in wrestling when you're still in high school? <laughs> um, what well, I, I always joke, like I tell this story sometimes uh, to my athletes now, but, you know, as a first year wrestler, um, I went down to, I went down to the, the Iowa intensive camp, like that first summer as a first year wrestler. And when I, when, when we went on the storm stuff, I remember being on the, on the bus one day and like, there's some guys like Josh McClay, um, you know, uh, some guys from Hastings, I remember Nick Brules was a heavyweight and, uh, and then, uh, like I told you, Jake Clark and some of these other guys. And so we're on the bus and some, somehow it got to talking about goals or something like that. And someone asked me like what my goals were for next season. And I said, I want to be a two-time state champ <laughs> and I had just started wrestling. And so obviously everyone had a good laugh at that, but, um, you know, and I asked my mom, um, could I write my, you know, I wrote like in pencil on my wall. Um, I asked her, could I paint it on the wall state champ? And, uh, she said, no. And I said, okay, I'll write it in pencil. And so it, it it stayed in my room probably 20 years up on the wall. It says state champion and handwritten pencil across the top and like block letters. Um, so that was my goal. You know, I mean, 
from the beginning. I, I don't know why I was kind of, I think at the time you're kind of naive and stupid a bit, but uh, that was the goal, man. I don't, I, I, and I don't think I even knew what it took, but I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. So. Well, you make the state tournament in 1999, your, your senior year. And then <laughs> you go, Oh, and two, man. Um, yep. so not, not, I got pinned twice. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to bring that up, but I, I was just looking through the brackets like, okay, okay. I, I only recognized one or two other names in the bracket. And, one of them was uh, Apple Valley guy, Chad Redman, who I, I kind of know and uh, know through the late Jacob Schlocky. So there was a couple, there weren't completely unknown names in here. I'm like, okay, you know, you, you look at a bracket in hindsight and be like, oh, it's pretty tough. Or if you look at it and be like, oh man, <laughs> you know, you know, it's always, always revisionist history. But when, when that, that ends, the season ends, you didn't have that, that goal. You didn't erase state champ off the wall, but when did wrestling in college become kind of an option for you or was that something that came afterwards when you placed in Fargo that following summer? Um, it was, it was, you know, after state, obviously I was real disappointed in in the showing at state and I just wasn't like ready from the mental side of it. I think, I think, I, I think I might've had some of the physical tools to go in there and place um, or, or who knows, but mentally it was just new, you know, being at, being down on the floor and, you know, I'd been to the state tournament as a spectator, but um, I wasn't ready. And uh, so I had bouncing around some, some offers from some division two schools to go play football. And, um, and then, and then finally, when it came down to it, I was just like, you know, I'm not done with wrestling. I've still got stuff to prove. And, uh, and, and I didn't, I didn't really care. Like when I looked at it, I was like, you know, football, I, if I go be the best success I can be at football, like I don't really care about that. And, but if, if, if in wrestling, I can go find out what's on the other side of all that, you know, work and time, like I'll be happy with that. So I just decided I want to wrestle. And I looked at, you know, like, Warburg, Augsburg, Minnesota, U and I, and Iowa actually. Um, and for me, it was before I went out to Fargo. Like I, it was after after state. You know, I had already went down and visited. I had visited Augsburg and uh, Warburg. Um, my dad worked at the University of Minnesota, and you know, I'd been down there a lot. Um, so I didn't really go visit there. And frankly, like no one would have a reason really to care if I visited. You know, I, I mean, I, I think think the world of Jay and and Marty and those guys who were around at the time, but you know, they just, I, I just was like a non-factor up until that point, really. Um, so, you know, and, and I didn't, I had already been on the University of Iowa. I'd seen that. Um, and then same with you and I. So when it came down to it, you know, I just looked at it. And I think, you know, my high school coach told me, he's like, look, you, when you're deciding between this D1 or, or not, you know, he's like, don't go to D1 just because like you have, you have, you feel like the rest aren't, isn't a valuable goal or it's not worth it or you know, it's, it, just because it's D1, don't go there just for that reason. Um, he's like, where you're at developing, you need to go somewhere where you're going to get the attention to develop and grow. And he's like, you may or may not get that if you're in one of those larger programs with, with you know, they bring in some guy on scholarship, naming like a Cole Conrad or someone, you know, and they're developing that guy. Um, you might not get the, get the shot that you otherwise would. And so when I looked at all that, I, and I just want to go to a good team because our Hopkins High School, we were, you know, it was me and our 125 pounder qualified for state my senior year. And I'd been in that environment where the team's not really good. So I really want to go somewhere good. And so Warburg had won the national title that year in 99 and uh, I'd visited Augsburg. And again, I think, you know, coach Swenson, I've, I've told him, I've told him this before. I think, you know, at that time, their strategy, recruiting strategy, they really loved their state champs. And uh, you know, and I think, you know, I didn't fit that. And so when I visited, you know, he's like, Hey, you can come play football or wrestle. And I, I still talk to coach Swenson, actually, ironically, he, he was a mentor of mine from the leadership Academy, but, um, you know, at the time, like that, that didn't resonate with me. You know, I didn't want to play football and, and he didn't, he didn't know that, but I didn't care about football. So 
when I visited Coach Miller, he was like, I don't care what you did in high school or didn't do. Like, I want you to compete for a, a, a national title your sophomore year. And I know he tells, like, now that I look back at it as in, a, in a recruiting sense, like, he probably tells everyone that because he believes it. If the whole team can compete as sophomores, that'd be wonderful. But, you know, I don't know if he thought it was a reality. He didn't, he didn't maybe know me for Joe and uh, from Joe. And um, I used to get the recruiting calls after that from Tom Smith, who was assistant at the time. And I found out once I became a coach on the staff, like I was on, I was like, that's the B list, right? That's the B list of recruits who get called by Tom Smith or the, you know, the assistant. And so <laughs> you're I, letting I, out I trade secrets, man. You're letting out trade secrets. <laughs> well, I've talked to Millboy about it. I joked, man. I told him, I said, you know, uh, Tom and Tom was a two-time national national champ for us, you know? And, um, but I just, I told those guys, I was like, you, you know, after it was all said and done, I was like, I would to go from the B list on the recruiting, you know, and, our, you know, our team have a lot of success and things like that. I was like, man, you never know, right, how it's going to turn out. So, but yeah, that's the story uh, on how I ended up there, and I loved it. Um, and I think a little bit zigging when everyone else zags. You know, a lot of my friends from the storm. You know, I mean, like Nick Slack and those guys. I still talk with those those guys. And you know, when I went down to Wartburg, they were all like, you know, how, how why, you know? And I said, man, you know, I want to go make 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 my road on on this path. And you know, I always joked with Slack that in all those years uh, in the rivalry, like I never lost an Augsburg guy. And, um, you know, that was that was a commitment I made when I went to college. I said, hey, uh, you know, I might I might I might lose every match in college, but or, you know, all but four or five or six of them. And but I'll, I'll, I'll always, you know, I don't want to lose an Augsburg guy. So, yeah, for those geographically wondering, Golden Valley is about nine miles uh, west of the Augsburg campus, and you end up going into the belly of the rivals of the of the Minnesota wrestling community down at Wartburg. So I was always kind of curious on how that worked out, and you've just answered the question for me. So when you get into college, it, being in in a qualifier, that's that's the highlight. I mean, you've got the 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 thankfully for Fargo, right? You've got the freestyle stuff that can that can pull in that resume, and be like okay, and then you get to the state tournament, okay, state qualifier. You just kind of kind of glance over that. <laughs> at what point did you? see in your competitive nature in that first year and then going into the second year that you realize, wait a minute, I, I'm getting a lot better. I can compete here. I can, I can place, I can win national titles. Um, well, I think firstly, it's, it's hard in an environment like Wartburg or Augsburg or any of those top programs to not in the back of your mind, like view yourself in, in that, you know, end state and, because it, they, it makes it really easy because everyone's bar is so high. So for me, walking in the program, I think coming out of Fargo um, and and the little bit of in between story on that, like you know, um, Joel Sherrod at the time was our state freestyle coach, and he allowed me to train with him in his training cycle. He had me basically like be Don Black, and so when, and the, at the freestyle practices, sometimes I'd go with him and. You know, when he did camps and clinics, he'd come help have me go with him to assist. Like when he did his Bloomington Kennedy camp, I'd go and assist. And, you know, I just went wherever he went, whatever training session he did, I did. And um, so that set me up a lot from a training standpoint to be ready for Fargo and having the success out there against guys, you know, like Tommy Rollins went out and, you know, he won our weight. But, you know, um, being being able to see that I, I was sort of in the mix on on that, you know, it made gave me a lot of comp, uh, confidence going into college and I expected you know to try and go after and be the guy right away you know I, again like kind of naive ignorance is bliss a bit there and being naive like not knowing what it all meant but I was like hey I'm gonna I'm gunning for the number one guy at my weight you know in the school you know at Warburg and 
um, Chris O'Rear was the guy and, um, we had a good 97 pounder then who ended up being all American too. And so, um, but I didn't get an escape for like two months. I didn't score an offensive point probably for two months. And, um, but I, I, I didn't give up, you know, and I think everyone goes through that in college that, that jump from high school to college. Well, not everyone, but most, most normal <laughs> college wrestlers. Um, so for me, it was just a matter of, I, I think again, like the same thing that made me think I could be a two-time state champ also made me think I could be a national champ. And, you know, I think the in-between was the part I didn't quite understand at the time, but from, from the beginning, you know, I, I, I think I remember trying to go with Chris, Chris O'Rear every single time I could. And, you know, at tournaments trying to, you know, trying to show what I was capable of, but, um, you know, I think it was the, just, I mean, it helped a lot with the program, you know, the coaches and the, the workout partners, like I always tell everyone, like most good programs, the room was the toughest place. You know, if you, if you made it out of the room, then it was like a break sometimes against other competition. And so that's how you knew you'd be prepared. And, uh, I think that confidence, you know, just carried through. And so I was real grateful to walk into an environment like that. And, um, yeah, I wanted, I mean, I wanted you know, wanted to win from the beginning and just wanted to try and, you know, do the work it took to get there. And I think I watched a match. Uh, I showed my, my guys on my team, the club team that I showed them a match from my, I think it was my first college tournament. And I actually ended up wrestling Jarrett Corton from Apple Valley um, at heavyweight from, you know, he was from Wisconsin and we wrestled at Stevens point and looking at that match, if I watch it now and I'm like, you wouldn't even be able to watch that match and think the success would be on the other side of, you know, that, that guy, like there'd be no, he'd be like, Hey man, that guy's going to win it in, you know, three years or two years or whatever. So, but, um, yeah, I just, I mean, I don't know. I think I just always kind of believed it. Um, I just didn't know like necessarily at the point, like the path and just tried to walk the path that was, that was sort of guided to me. So you'd mentioned not going D one for the sake of going D one. And that's, that's something that the division three wrestler has to constantly battle is that comparison. Well, if you're so good, why, why aren't you wrestling D one? There's also that competitive atmosphere when you're on the mat with a D1 guy being at a Division three school. What was did you have that that first real light bulb moment that uh, you know you're the first win over a D1 guy and be like, aha, gotcha. <laughs> well, I think there's always a chip on the shoulder a little bit for us. Uh, you know, to be 100 percent honest, um, you know, you always, you, especially if you're if you become kind of a known guy in, in Division three, like you want to you want to beat everybody, right? But especially the D one guys. So um, I think for me going close, I think that match with Jarek at the time, that was my first tournament, you know, and I knew him from high school. So um, he was a training partner of mine, but I think all that times it was always like, I was always right there. Right. It's not no one. It wasn't like I was getting tech fault or something. Um, so as it, as the time opportunities came at opens and things like that, where you start beating some guys, you realize that, the match still starts zero zero. It doesn't matter who you are. And no one starts to starts, you know, no one starts out with a five point lead. And I think sometimes being able to knock off a little bit of the mystique around, you know, for, as a, as a D three guy from, from, uh, you know, anyone else. Um, and I think for me, wrestling in the summer helped do that because when you go to university nationals or something like that, or Fila juniors or whatever, there's no divisions. So you gotta, you gotta bring your a game. It doesn't matter who's across the mat. And so that helped me a lot. I think a lot of times uh, that's one of the things I think, at a division three um, experience for me was a little bit unique in that I wrestled all year round. I went to, you know, I went to universities, I went to the Brock, I went to the regionals, you know, and stuff like that. And, and um, not, not all the guys, majority of the guys don't do it. Like often, like I always joke, it was like me and mow the wall, right. The only non D one guys out competing. And um, so that helped, 
because no one was a it, like I said, it wasn't a mystery now. Like I can still double leg you, you know, it, it, it didn't matter who, who you really were. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but I think the difference is apparent. Like I always tell guys the difference is in training partners, the consistency of training partners. You know, you'll have guys like in our room, sometimes I need like five or six, you know, we'd have five or six guys rotate. Um, but in a, in a division one room, maybe your, your three guys that you work out with are all really big studs. Whereas, you know, for us, there's a lot, you know, a lot of guys that are out that are, that are good guys and, 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 you know, there for education or whatever reason. And then also on the team, they may not be as talented athletically on the mat as, as, you know, someone else in a division, division room, one room, but there is those guys like, you know, like Will Kelly or some of my teammates, you know, those guys proved themselves at different, different areas, but, um, just for whatever reason, we're, we were, we were in, in division three and I had some, you know, I had some programs trying like, you know, reach out to me, um, after I started having some success in the summer, but my, um, you know, my experience, I valued the like sort of loyalty that those guys had for me as a, you know, when I was like nobody, you know, they, they, they backed me up and built me into that. So why would I like leave that, you know? And so I think that's the, that's the thing. Yeah, sure. I mean, it was exciting. I always wanted to beat everyone, but it was definitely a bit of point of pride when, like, I think we dueled UCO the year that they, they won D2s and it ended up being 1918. And I still, to this day, like I needed to, I needed to pin uh, that guy to, 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 for us to win. And I got a tech fall and it was like, you know, yeah, I was glad to win, but you know, th there you have the best team in D2 and the best team in D3, and it was nails, you know, so. So as you get to uh, you get to Wardburg, wow, I almost screwed that one up. So that's all right. <laughs> as you get there, I mean, hey, you know, living in Minnesota, that's what happens. So yeah, you, you place for the first time. Then things just, it's weird because we've got a junior world team in there. We've got a trip to Uzbekistan, which has got a completely different backstory to it as well. So. <laughs> Uh, I remember I stumbled upon this in Tashkent, Uzbekistan. I'm going to be quite honest with you. Not my favorite place in the world. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been there, the done that, didn't even bring home a T-shirt. So uh, you've got another experience when it comes to Tashkent, which I think is, is quite interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, to, to, to walk that, you know, how that all transpired, you know, we, I'll, I'm going to point out one like piece of this that, um, could get fast forwarded over is that year that that I got six as a sophomore you know even the team that you know we just got inducted in the hall of fame last weekend from our 2003 team about I want to say 70 percent of that team is the same as from our sophomore year and, and uh, we ended up six at, at in Waterloo Cedar Falls so um, that burned us a little bit and that drove me a lot to like keep competing and keep getting better because I finished six and um, what what I don't think anybody people realize that in division three if you get six, um, you, you, like for me, I won the first two and made it to the semis and then lost three. So you have a losing record at nationals and that, you know, that hurt really bad. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, so fast forward, I, you know, and, and at down at you and I, Jordan Holm was wrestling down there and uh, Brad Beering was down there. And so I'd go work out with the Panther club because those guys were training year round and we're getting ready all to go to, uh, you know, um, Fila juniors and, I'm, I'm planning to only wrestle freestyle and, uh, you know, veering and, and, and Jordan really was the one he was like, he was like, man, where are you from? And I was like, yeah, Minnesota. Right. You know? And he goes, how can you go down there and you're not even going to step on the Greco mat? I can and actually, I, I can vis uh, visualize him saying that the way he, I can, I yeah. can say, Hey, Hey, you're, you're from Minnesota, right? What, yeah. You're not gonna wrestle Greco. I, I could just see him saying that right now. So that's exactly, he was a hundred miles an hour at me. like that. And, 
And I said, and, he, and finally, I, he was riding me so much. I was like, fine, fine. I was like, here's what I'll do. I was like, I'll train two weeks, like with you guys. We'll do throw in some Greco in our training, and I'll and I'll and I'll and I'll see how I feel, you know. And then when it comes time to register, we'll see where we're at. And so I trained with those guys and was grateful for it. Um, and then signed up for Greco, and uh, I'm like, okay, here we go. Let's do the Greco. And I hadn't competed in Greco in two two years uh, since that point because I only did freestyle my senior year um, after training with Joel. And so um, we get down there, and my first match is like eight eight referee's decision against. Uh, um gosh he was from um michigan state i remember because he beat me at junior nationals in freestyle and uh ended up being 8-8 referees decision and uh, i win the match and advance and then in the finals i had russ davy and russ was huge you huge know, like six, six foot eight <laughs> that guy and is that was, gigantic yeah and that's that's when back when the the weight class was 130 kilos and i think he was cutting to make 130 and i walked around about 250 you know, and so, I, and I remember, and this is probably a good note for all the athletes, but, or, you know, guys still competing, but I remember thinking like, ah, oh, man, runner up at the world team trials in a, you know, style that I don't even do. Like that's, that's good, man. And then when they brought out the box of trophies and they sit them on the table, cause they just give them to you after the match and they pulled out the stop sign. And I was like, immediately, it was like someone skipped a record. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm getting ready for this match. And I'm sitting here like, what are you talking about? The seconds. Okay. Like you've been wanting a stop sign since forever. And then furthermore, when do you have, how often do you have a chance to even have a chance to go to worlds? And I was like, you better like go after this guy and, you know, see what happens. And so we wrestled and, you know, I ended up winning that match. And I think it was the longest arm arm spin I've ever hit because he's so long, but I felt him go. And I was like, I, I knew I got it. And then I think I stepped over a gut wrench on him. Um, and one, and uh, I remember Ike Anderson lining up all the guys, you know, because we had Cam Jones and some other really big studs on the team. And wow, that's the name from the past, right there, Cam Jones, yeah. <laughs> and a hammer at that man. That dude was was super bad. Um, but you know, Ike Anderson gets to me and he goes, "Who are you?" <laughs> and it's kind of a, you know, that's kind of how it's always been for me. Is like I was always just kind of around, and you know, you got these big studs all around, and it's just me in the background trying to, you know, just 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 be in the mix and, you know, make it count. So yeah, man. And then, you know, I had never heard of, uh, I called uh, my coach at back at Warburg. I was like, Hey guys, I won, you know, and they were pretty excited. And then in freestyle, I ended up, I think Mako won our weight, but I ended up uh, fourth in freestyle and um, injury default in the third place match. Cause I was like, you know, I'm going to worlds. My shoulders all beat up back to my original point about Greco, right? You feel like you got hit by a train. And so I was like, I'm done. I was like, I'm not even worried about it. So, you know, um, so one Greco got fourth in freestyle. I was pretty happy with the weekend. And I'm like, so where are we going? Uzbekistan. And I had to look it up on the map. I'm thinking like camels and tents and deserts and found out it wasn't that. Um, and then you kind of get sucked up in the training cycle with USA wrestling, which I was, that experience was great being, you know, cause once you sort of get sucked up in that machine, um, you know, there's training opportunities and you find out about tours and all that stuff. And I mean, for me as a, like I said, a division three guy and like, it was, it was great, you know, um, so yeah, that that was it. Show up at. I don't know if you want me to start down the 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 wife path. <laughs> that's that's where I'm angling because okay. you make the team, and then you're in Uzbekistan, and and I was in Uzbekistan in 2014. So uh, it it had been a number of years. So I'm not sure what the the infrastructure was like then. But uh, let's just say it's not my favorite place on the planet. They love wrestling over there, 
But let's just say getting money out of an ATM, yeah, does not happen over there. Yeah, um, it does not. That's correct. Um, well, I met, so, I, you know, I, we show up there after our training cycle. We had went out to, uh, we, we kind of got acclimatized that in uh, Lake Placid. And um, they had combined the Greco and the freestyle guys like Trenge was on the freestyle side. So we he worked out with us a bit and they would make the Greco, the freestyle guys kind of do, do some Greco practice with us was pretty neat. Um, and Mako got to work out with him. And, um, you know, it was, it was fun. So we got ready. We go over there and uh, obviously we wrestle first. Greco's first. And so we were we're there. And I think we were there um, three days, you know, kind of getting getting used to everything. And then. Um, so the the long I'll give you the 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 short version of it, but um, they somehow they not nobody wanted it, looking back it's kind of silly right a bunch of teenagers but no one really wanted to be the flag bearer um, and I was like man this is great like give me the flag I'll do it so um, I got to be the flag bearer and we're standing in the in the tunnel getting ready to come out for the opening ceremonies and there's traffic going both you know one direction on our side where we're waiting to go out. There's traffic going both ways in the middle, and then there's traffic on the far side of the hallway going the opposite direction. And I had sort of caught a caught a glimpse of uh, Susanna, my 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 not yet wife, and um, she's walking around, and I'm like bobbing my head through the crowd trying to trying to see more uh, of her face, and and so uh, I sort of wave, and um, and and she waved back, and and I and I always joke. Like I tell people that it was like someone turned off the lights and it sounds silly. And I'm, and then I'm, you know, 15 years later, I kind of laugh at it myself, but it was like someone turned off the lights and all I saw was her. And so I made a mental note. I was like, look, when you get done with this flag business, go find that young lady. <laughs> and so <laughs> um, we did the ceremonies and I grabbed um, Mike, Mike Christian was our, was our 213 and a half pounder. And my training partner, I was like, yo, Mike, I was like, I met, I saw this, I saw this lady. I'm going to go try and, I'm going to go try and get a picture with her or something. And so he gamefully, like, he's like, all right. So we walk around the whole arena. All right. Wingman right there. That's a strong wingman right there. He was game. A good big shout out to Mike Christian from Oklahoma state. um, Cause he definitely had my back. So we walk around and I find where she's standing and she's talking to like a security guard. So I kind of tell the security guard, we pantomime. I'm like, Hey, can you go ask that lady for a picture? And, um, he uh, he has her come over and mind you, this guy has a, like an AK forty seven. So which was funny. <laughs> I have uh, visualizing that, been there, seen it. <laughs> yeah, and so she comes over and uh, we take a picture, and then uh, I ask at the end of the picture, she goes, uh, uh, "Where where in the states are you from?" And I was I about fell down, and I said, "Wait," I said, "You speak English?" And uh, she said, "Of course." And I I, I literally literally like pumped my fist and said yes and um because i knew uh I, said, I figured if i could talk then i might be in the door um so i asked her to i said hey would you mind uh, if we went out uh to dinner you know and um she, and she said she said no and i said what do you mean no and she says well you're you came here to wrestle at world championships she goes you didn't come here to take me out on a date and it kind of caught me off guard. I was like, you know, in my head, I'm going, what do you mean? No, didn't you just see me with the flag? I'm from the United States of America. I'm the heavyweight, you know? And, um, I said, okay, when I get done wrestling, um, we'll, we'll go out. And she said, okay, deal. And she said, but it's not a date. She said, I'm, uh, you know, you bring some of your friends, I'll bring my friends and I'll, I'll tour you around my city. And I said, okay, sounds good. And, uh, so I wrestle my first match. I lost to the Kazakh like f- uh, four to two. Um, and I'm, I'm running this guy out of bounds, running him out of bounds, doing good Dan Chandler strategy. And they're never, they never put him down, never going passive, whatever. 
And uh, but then it dawned on me like that is, you know, Kazakhstan's a border to Uzbekistan. That's their brother. They're going to look out for him. So I'm kind of pissed about this. And um, oh, may, you know. maybe the, the, the Kazakh Uzbek relationship isn't quite as sanctimonious <laughs> as, as we might believe. But uh, well, yeah, I get, what, you, I get what you're saying. Americans when yeah. unified against the Americans <laughs> yeah. in 2001 um, on the mat, wrestling, basically. Um, but anyway, so. I go up, I find, I found Susanna again. I said, Hey, did you see that match? And she said, yeah. She said, I saw them knock. They weren't going to give you, you'd have to pin him right to, to, to win that. And I said, yep, I know. And I said, but watch my next one. And so, and I had India next in my pool and I, I pinned India in like, you know, I think 50 some seconds and I get done. I said, Hey, did you see that match? And he said, yeah, yeah, I saw it. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like proud chest puffed up i just pinned india but uh anyways my guy didn't advance so i ended up seventh. He ended up or i ended up eighth. He ended up seventh and uh that was the end of my world's experience and we just sort of supported that you know the freestyle guys and uh we went out you know i had mike and some other guys we went out and uh with Susie later on and uh the rest of the trip and i spent like all my money you know out and about and um what little money i brought and then on the, you know, I, we made a deal. I said, Hey, if you ever come back to the States, like, um, I'll buy you a ticket to come visit me, uh, in, in, in college or whatever, in Minneapolis, wherever it is. And so, cause she had been living in New York at the time. Um, cause she, my wife had blown out her elbow qualifying for, she was on Uzbekistan's national judo team and, um, she had qualified, um, herself for Sydney, but then qualifying her, her country, she blew out her elbow so she couldn't go. And so she was pissed and kind of didn't want to have surgery. So she just kind of left and went to New York because she had a visa and went and hung out in New York with some friends and on a vacation. And so I was like, if you come back to New York, um, I'll buy you a ticket to come visit me. And so um, I was like, yeah, that's a deal. And so fast forward, we leave. World is over. Um, and then I think I called her when I got back because I still had her cell phone number. Um, and I'm pretty smitten at this point. Um, I'm skipping the point or uh, the, the part where I told her that if she was in the U.S., she'd be my wife. Um, because I, I, I was pretty convinced I wouldn't ever see her again, which I was like, I, I don't know. Like I said, I was, I think it was, uh, it's, it's a true thing. Like you can ask my college roommate. It was, I was, I, I think I was going crazy. I lost my mind. Um, and so she, we make plans for her to come in October, in September. Um, and mind you, the time frame of this, this is 2001. So September, uh, she buys a ticket to come in the 17th. Um, six days before that September 11th happens and her family's like, you're not, you're not going to New York. Um, and she said, okay, um, when, 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 when will I be able to go? She said probably next month. So October she makes plans to come to New York. And I said, well, how long do you want to stay in New York? She said three days. And then I said, okay, so I bought her ticket to Minneapolis and, uh, it happened to coincide with a fall break for us at Warburg. And, um, we drive up with my 197 pounder and, um, meet her and she meets my family and uh you know we all just sort of hang out and then i was like hey do you want to see my college and she says yeah and so we go down and uh drive to, to three out three and a half hours south and go to go to warburg and we're sitting there talking like on a two you know like i think it's a this is now a tuesday um and i said hey so let's talk about when you're going to go back or when do you want to go back and as we're sort of talking and I'm going around and around and around and finally I'm like, you know, I got to kind of just level with you. Um, I, what if you just don't go back? And she's like, what? And she's like, are you asking me to marry you? And I said, uh, no, but I'll marry you if you want to. And that was like what the best thing that came out of my mouth. And, um, first she said, no, she was like, no, you're too young. Like you still have wrestling. You still have school. She's like, I'm the ripe old age of 23. And, you know, I've been all over the world with, you know, judo. She's like, so I could get married now and be okay, but you've got all this stuff in front of you. Like, 
And I said, well, how about this? You worry about you and I worry about me and, you know, let's you know, figure it out. And uh, she said, OK, let me sleep on it. So the next day we go on a walk and she says, yeah, about what you asked. The answer is yes. And, um, you know, I think for me, I, I kind of explained it to her. I said, you know, the bottom line was uh, if, if getting married meant that we don't have to be apart anymore, like that's the answer. Like for me, it was just a matter of like not being apart. So um, I always joke that I didn't, I didn't win, win the world championship, but I definitely got a, got a medal. I got a prize. So, <laughs> but now how do we tie this all back into wrestling is what I'm trying to figure out. But uh, anyway, cause I, I wanted to hear that Uzbekistan story just because again, having been there, knowing uh, the, the reverence for, for combat sports that that country has and just the, the interesting backstory behind it. So now let's shift gears to the actual coach Leroy Gardner with uh, your first division three head coaching job. And you'd spent time coaching, uh, as you'd mentioned before, the University of Houston downtown with the NCWA and previously at the Naval Prep School up in Rhode Island. And that also, those athletes compete in the NCWA. So when did coaching really start to kind of get in your blood and realize, hey, you know, I, I might want to start working my way back into coaching and maybe be a head coach at a, at, at, at something that was a, other than a club club team? Um, well, I, you know, I coached two years uh, right after school, just part-time at Wartburg. A lot of guys kind of hang around the program. Yeah, 50 so, coaches on staff at Wartburg, it seems. <laughs> yeah, so so I did that for two years, and, and I really uh, – you know, enjoyed it. And I stayed, co you know, and then we lived in Uzbekistan for like a year. Um, and I coached at a, helped that coach at a club there. And then when uh, I was looking to go back to grad school, that's when I went out to Navy prep and uh, coach Burnett was the head coach at the time at Navy. And, you know, um, Joel was the assistant. And so uh, that's how I got connected with that opportunity and working with those guys, being able to coach full time, you know, obviously was, was, was great. Like, you know, I think coaching, for me, you know, it was like the best job in the world. Um, but I didn't want to have um, athletics be the only defining thing in my life. Right. Like, so looking back, like, you know, I think it was probably, again, like a zig when everyone zags sort of thing. Everyone kind of assumed that, you know, you, you you do this path after you reach some level of success, you just go coach. And I didn't want that to be the case. So, I, you know, I got my master's degree and uh, still had some other goals I wanted to try and achieve. And uh, but I stayed coaching, you know, on the side and um, it was really for me when I was, I was actually sitting in Afghanistan, uh, I was uh, deployed as a, you know, I got activated as a reservist and, um, being in that environment, you know, seeing the lifestyle and the life that, uh, some, some folks have in, 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 in on the planet that is different from ours, you know, it, it made me realize one life is life is really short and two, um, some things that you, that you think matter aren't, aren't as important. And, you know, for me, it just solidify that I have a experience and a skill set and the background to pass on and the experience that I've had, right. That in, as an undergrad, as a student athlete and in the sport that, um, if I, I feel like it would be doing like sort of an injustice to, to not share that to the, to the fullest extent possible. So when I, you know, I reached out to coach Miller and I reached out to, um, Mike Moyer and I said, Hey, you know, I'm looking to get back coaching. Um, how, how does that happen? You know, I haven't, you know, I haven't been in full-time coaching and here's, here's, you know, here's what I'm about. Here's who I am. And obviously coach Miller knew, but Mike Moyer, you know, he didn't, he didn't necessarily know anything about me. Um, so he, he said, Hey, when you get back, um, why don't you, uh, you know, look at, uh, coming to the coaches convention and, uh, going through the CEO leadership Academy. It's like kind of the, our, our sort of, you know, breeding ground for new leaders. 
And um, so I said, yeah, I'd love to do that. And so when I got back and actually subsequently had found the the co- coaching job at University of Houston downtown, um, and actually I had got emailed like three times by some some people in the community down here. They're like, you know, these guys are looking. First, it was like, hey, they're looking for a coach. And then the next email was like, hey, you know, they're still looking for a coach. And then finally it was like one of my really close friends was like, why have you not applied for this? And I was like, uh, you know, like a lot of reasons. And then finally I, I just, you know, all right, I'll, I'll do it. They need it. And I love wrestling and it's coaching. So I did it. Um, first year was, was really a struggle. Um, you know, we, we definitely didn't, didn't even qualify anybody for nationals. I think we had like nine guys on the team. And then uh, the next year um, I, I was able to get recruit, recruit some folks out and we were, were uh better fortunately and uh, guys did guys just performed really well like it was great i had an assistant coach who actually my assistant uh, at, at uhd he wrestled at case western uh he was a you know tim sykes he was a 125 pounder there and uh not and he'll tell you not very good but um he's a great guy he's an engineering type and works out in sales down here but so it made it a lot a lot easier for us to manage and run that program but um experienced some success and it was kind of bittersweet the success we had we had two all-americans out of the four we brought to nationals finished you know in the top 15 and um, at NCWA, and it just solidified for me what is possible if I'm if I'm coaching full time. Like I only saw those guys two or three times a week, and I'm like, here is you know, is my 125 pounder? Is he a national champ? If I'm able to be with him five days a week, or you know, is my 97 pounder instead of getting fourth, is he in the finals at 184 or something like that, or winning it? And so it was kind of bittersweet in that regard. It just it just solidified me that I need to be coaching. And um, so when when the opportunity came for the Ozarks job and um i also had looked at coker as well because i really value that small school environment and uh, that experience and that liberal arts experience and so, so when that opportunity came and i went and visited and i just saw all the infrastructure they put in place and i knew sort of the dna that um you know coach zastro who is a war- teammate of mine and he's from minnesota um i knew what what he laid the groundwork there and um it made it really hard to like say no to to that opportunity and so and i was it was like everything lined up and I was, I'm, I'm, I get to recruit the same guys I've been recruiting for UHD and um, still be in the area. Like for us, it was like a no go to go back to winter. Like I don't want to see a winner, Jason. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to learn that myself living up here. So w- with, with this position, the unique thing is in 2010, oddly enough, the same year you were inducted into the division three hall, wrestling hall of fame. That was the announcement of the very first college wrestling program in Arkansas in in decades. Uh, you know, Arkansas State had a program back in the fifties, but there was no college wrestling in Arkansas until Central Baptist and Wachita Baptist started programs at the at the NAI and Division two level. Now there's six with I hear a seventh on the way. I can't really drop that one out yet, but that'll be a Division two <laughs> school. So now you went from a state that didn't even have high school wrestling to having six, and then now a soon to be a seventh college program. And you're you're going into an area that's, you know, it's been devoid of, of, we haven't seen the huge talent emerge from Arkansas yet, but why was the Ozarks position, you know, enticing? We've got a, a, basically a third year program, hasn't had a qualifier yet. Uh, you know, Division Three Wrestling is now over 100 teams, which is a great thing for wrestling, but University of the Ozarks, some people are like, okay, where <laughs> where in the heck is, I mean, you know, pardon the pun, I'm not trying to insult anybody in Arkansas by any means, but a lot of people hear Ozarks, they're, they're thinking banjos right away. And, you know, what, what impressed you about the school and about the position and the support from the, from the school? Well, I'll be honest, I did too. Uh, like, but I think two things, or a number of things, but firstly, I was a little bit familiar with the program because 
uh, Jason had brought down the, you know, the University of Ozarks to some of the competitions up in Dallas that we we wrestled in. Um, and so I kind of got to hear in real time as his, you know, his experiences there, the, the, the good stuff, the challenges, everything, you know, we just coach talk, you know, like here's, you know, this part's frustrating, this part's good. And, and then we'd wrestle their guys on the mat, obviously. Um, but so I was, wasn't totally unknown, but you know, when I got the call to come up to interview, that was the first time I'd been to Arkansas and I'll be honest, you know, <laughs> when I was sitting there with some of the other coaches, we went to dinner and they were like, so have you had a chance to explore off campus? And I was like, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I kind of like made a point to not go beyond, uh, you know, view of the campus just because in my head I'm hearing deliverance happen. Right. And so, um, but the things that really stood out for me when I started looking into everything, um, was, so one, you know, this is a, you know, I think Mr. Greg Hatcher probably is not obviously in this to have me name drop him or people name drop him, but, um, credit goes to his his leadership and stepping out and getting these programs started in arkansas because it because of how valuable his experience was at, at alma and um so with that being said that was kind of the first thing i was like okay so there's at least uh somebody here who cares enough about wrestling in the state of arkansas check and then the next thing was when i went up to campus and i met with the ad and i heard you know jason you know talk about his experience with you know, our, our AD and, uh, and then the president, um, I met with him on my interview and from top to bottom, you know, basically Jason was like, look, you, you, you can get guys here now, like you said, Arkansas is not, doesn't have a lot, whole lot of depth in wrestling talent, but you can get students here. And I was like, so, okay, so that's, that's step one. I got to get a team and, and I can do that. And, you know, the coming back to credit to his work, we have 30, 30 guys on the roster. Um, and then, Next, from the athletic department, you know, my AD, my boss is like, hey, um, you know, what do you need to to run this program successfully? Like, here's your here's your travel budget. Here's your, you know, Under Armour. We have a contract with Under Armour for gear. Um, here's your, you know, recruiting. Here's everything, right? Like, what else? Like, how do we make this happen? And so and then the the, the president, um, you know, he, he told me his vision for the institution. And um, it's a small school, you know, 650 students. And they're looking to grow that, you know, by 150 more. And wrestling and athletics is a part of that vision. And so when I heard his vision and it was something that I could sit across from a family and share and be 100 percent belief in, you know, as a coach, what else do you need to to try and be successful? You know, if all I have to focus on is providing good leadership to these guys and getting them ready, you know, um, then that then that makes my job that much better. So it was those things, honestly. And, uh, you know, I don't know if, if if Jason's not up there that and I don't have a you know, 15 year plus relationship with him. Maybe I, maybe it's less appealing. I don't know, but I know from all the criteria of things that, you know, Mike Moyer and, and, and my mentors, you know, coach Miller and coach Swenson that they said, here's the things that you need to make sure are in place for a program that you go to. And I called Millboy about every single job opportunity that, that I got called about. And so, and when I told him everything, he was like, man, he's like, that's a, that's a great opportunity. And so I think also, you know, it's a good chance for, I value the heck out of my experience with wrestling. It means I wouldn't be where I am without, a bit, without it. And I think being able to do that in a place where wrestling's new and get that culture in place and get people to see the, see the value in it and get that experience, you know, that's what it's about. I mean, you know, there's a million guys lined up to take a job in Pennsylvania, you know, or Ohio or Minnesota or whatever, but to be able to take my experience and, and the, the contributions that have, you know, people have, have put into me and the belief that people had in me and share that in a place where 
there's not a hundred guys lined up um, is, 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 is fun. You know, that challenge is fun to me. And I think I'm real favorable about the upside to these athletes in the South. I think it's just going to keep getting better. And I think I've seen that in Texas since I've been here in 2010 and, you know, all the surrounding States. I mean, you look at um, it's continued to get better. And so to me that that's motivating as a coach to see these guys reach goals. They didn't maybe think they could, you know, not unlike myself, you know, coming into college, you know, you never know. And, but to, to come out the other side, like if I can have my athletes experience that, um, you know, that's what you're in it for as a coach. So all that being said, man, it was an easy, yes. Like I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't go back to coach Miller and say, Hey, I turned that job down and here's all the things that, that they were willing to have in place. You know, I couldn't, it was, it would be disrespectful to all the coaches that helped me. So. And speaking of coach Miller, there's also a, a pipeline that you can probably cut, even though it might be tougher with TJ now coaching up at Loris is there, there's been a stream of Louisiana wrestlers heading to Wartburg and, you go straight north. You got to go through Arkansas. You're looking to cut off that pipeline there and be like, "Hey, you don't need to go that far." And we're yeah, a lot warmer down here. Yeah, I saw. Um, you know, I saw TJ this weekend, and and I think that you know TJ and I go back to he was in eighth grade. You know, when 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 I came up to Warburg, so I got a long relationship with him, and he's a wonderful. He was a great athlete. Fun watching him. You know, on the mat, and he'll be a, he'll he's a great coach. Um, so. But yes, uh, to your point, uh, when I saw him this weekend, I did go, hey, uh, you know, we both know mutually of someone that we're recruiting. And I was like, I want you to know I'm going after him. And, uh, you know, the pitch and that was the pitch because all these guys, you know, from the south, it's like if they don't go to OU or OSU or uh, Chattanooga, like they think they just can't. The wrestling's done for them. And again, that goes back to the don't go D1 just because it's D1, you know, and I and the thing I tell these guys is like, you know, what, what, what do you want your story to be when, when you get done with it all? Do you want to say, Hey, I was on the roster at a different program. That's division one. Or do you want to say, yeah, I was a all American or a national champ or, you know, we conference champ or whatever it might be. Like, what's the story you want to tell? And, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand that going into college, but looking back now to, to have the honor to be a part of like two hall of fames and the experience that I had, like that story is, is worth way more than, you know, for me, probably any any other path you know and so i think that's my pitch to these guys is you don't have to go 15 hours up to iowa to to be a good wrestler you can get what you need right here and i was you know i was talking to a recruit just yesterday and um i was he was saying hey i'm you know i might look i'm looking at d1 and all these things i say well what schools you why you know what why d1 you know and his point was he wanted to go prove something and i said what if i told you that you know you could still beat those guys and still prove something now don't get me wrong you know I'm, I'm i'm not saying you know um like miles martin is getting taken out by the you know university ozarks 174 pounder but what i am saying is there's plenty of times where you know i got to slap an l on a division one guy and and that felt just as good right and so that's where um, i told him i said what if i told you you could still do those you can go to midlands and and and, and put your foot on the line against those guys and uh, doesn't you don't have to go up to Iowa or somewhere else or whatever or Division One. And you know he he was he was fired up about it. And that's that's what you know I'm trying to get this message out to those guys is you go to the right place. You know now not all Division Three programs are able to say that, but I know for me when I look at my ID and say hey I want to apply for send some of our kids to uh, Midlands and we can go up there. He'd he'd be behind it. And so um, you know that that's that's part of the experience I want available if these guys choose to go get it. You know is Let's go find out. Let's go to universities. Let's go to, you know, the regionals. Let's go to the open. You know, let's be one of the only D1 
club, you know, D3 club teams or whatever that are still competing, you know? And so if you choose, like, but that's the beauty of the division three experiences. It doesn't have to be that, you know, there's guys who on my team, you know, that, that wrestled, you know, didn't wrestle in the summer and they did other things. And that, and, and I think that's the beauty of that experience is it doesn't have to be, you know, just to survive at a division one, you got to, it's got to be your life. And um, I think a lot of people don't know that if they've never seen the guts of how that works. So kind of in a unique environment too, because if you look at the landscape of the Arkansas wrestling programs, you know, Wachita's division two, the aforementioned unnamed school is division two, uh, Lions NAI, Williams Baptist NAIA, Central Baptist NAI, Arkansas Baptist is a junior college. You're the only D3 game in town right now. And yep. which, which could be viewed as to people who aren't um, savvy about how college athletics works. Yeah. Okay. You're non-scholarship, but you've also got that to contend with. And I mean, Kerry Regner's doing a heck of a job at Williams Baptist and you've got Tom Erickson at Lyon. I mean, you, yep. you got, you got, you got some competition within the state that really didn't have anything seven years ago. Now it's like, Oh, I'm not the only game in town. You're the only D three game in town, but how much is that kind of entice you to, you know, immediately hit the ground running and be like, all right, I know Regner's pulling in big numbers at Williams. I know, I know, you know, Wachita had, had that foundation built by Kevin Ward that now Todd Allen's taken the reins on. It's just, you're going to have to get busy quick because right now, uh, you know, without, with Ozarks not having to qualify the last two years, I mean, what, what are the goals and how do you contend with those type of hurdles that you've got now competitively? Well, I think, um, you know, one, it's, mo- it's motivating as, as I'll get out. I mean, Tom, you know, was in my, CEO leadership Academy group. And, uh, I knew Tom from back watching him on the world level, you know, on the, on the senior level. And, um, and, and, and so all the programs that have, that are around us, right. Like I a hundred percent, it's motivating to like put us in the mix and say, Hey, no, I'm going to make, I'm, I want to make every, everyone know that university of Ozarks is here and here's, here's what we bring to the table and we're going to fight and we're going to go after and we're going to try and try and win, you know, we're going to try and win. It doesn't matter who's across the mat. And I think, um, so, so that, that part is motivating, um, f- as far as NAI, D2, D3, whatever, I definitely think it gives us a, an advantage to say, here's what the division three experience can be and is, um, you know, cause I think, um, I can talk, like I said, I think I am able to talk it, if anybody about what that experience is like. And so, um, so it motivates me to sit in front of a, a recruit and, or a family and talk about what that experience means and what it can be. And, and like I said, that can mean, you know, you go into the U S open, you go into making a world team and you doing all that stuff if you choose, but it can also be you going to be an engineer or pre-med and going to be a doctor, like the two Sturms on my team, right. From when I was in college, those two, two guys are both doctors. And so it's like, it can be any of those. And so that's where, I'm mot- it's motivating to me. And then from a, from a, how do, where do we go from, from here? I think, you know, Jason and uh, the whole, the whole program worked really hard because a lot of people don't know, uh, you know, I mean, Nick Mitchell aside, don't know the work that goes into standing up a program and how, how that road is. And um, believe me, I had tough conversations with Zastro about, I was like, man, you know, so wait a minute, what qualifier win? Oh, we're, we're, we're fighting the belly of the beast that used to be the Iowa conference up there. And, you know, uh, that all that plus some teams. And now we just got to, and, and I'm from Arkansas, right? So don't kid yourself. I know the work it's going to take, but I also know that, um, if anybody can sell that vision and talk about what it is and talk about the work that goes into it, it's me, you know, and that's why I was excited to take this opportunity because I'm looking forward to, you know, me and Schweers on the, you know, my assistant and the, you know, the AD and, and, and all of it, the whole, the whole school is behind 
where we'd like to go. And so, yeah, I'm definitely recruiting, you know, and trying to find, you know, I'm reaching out to all my coaching network from all the years I've been around, um, whether that's at the high school level or, you know, uh, other, you know, <laughs> other, other, other programs and, you know, say, Hey guys, if you got guys that, that, that aren't, that don't work out, like looking for something else or for whatever reason, like, let me know, you know, and, um, I just, I'm just looking forward to, you know, like, as far as you asked about our goals, you know, like we, we got to get a, we got to get that first, that group of qualifiers. We got to get an all American. And I just want these guys to see that they can, they can do that. That is a reality. And that's an expectation, right? Not, not the exception, you know? And I think that's, I, we benefited from that at Warburg, but sometimes I think it also skews the view a little bit. Most programs don't have the benefit of just, you know, a national championship is the expectation where for us, like that year, I told you got sixth. That was, I was disappointed, man, like tears, you know, as a grown man, you know, and where there's other programs where that'd be, you know, they'd, they'd be through the roof at getting six as a sophomore, you know, and, but I think for us trying to instill that culture and let them see, I call it, I said, I got to, got to get a rabbit. Somebody for those guys to see, oh, that, that can happen. I can, I can chase that. Let me go chase that. And we were able to do it at UHD, you know, with uh, Devon and, and Mancha at 125, 197. Those guys saw, oh man, like it can happen here. And that's, I'm trying to do the same thing there is go, Hey, get, you know, let's go get on the board guys. So you can know what can happen here. And, and then see, and, and by the way, here's all the work it takes to get there. And so once we do the work and like coach, you know, coach Miller, as you say, put yourself in a position for success. And once we do that, like the outcome, the outcome is the outcome. Like I'll be happy if we do the work and we put ourselves in position for success, like I'll let the results, you know, settle, whatever that is. And, you know, so I'm excited. I think the talent pool is, is here. We just got to get those guys buying in and believing in it and, you know, seeing it's possible without having to go, you know, 20 hours away, you know, we can do it right here. You can still drive home. <laughs> so. Yeah, and this isn't intended to be a recruiting pitch by any means, but I, I've been to Arkansas. I, I like fishing. I like, you know, outdoorsy stuff. I'm not a huge hunter by any means, but I'm just thinking, Hmm, there's some very similar things between Minnesota, Minnesota life yeah. And Arkansas life, and there's one notable missing thing, and that's the cold and the snow. So, are you going to try to reach up to your your former stomping grounds in the Twin Cities in that area? And be like, hey, ever been to Arkansas? Want to wrestle? Yeah, hundred percent. I'm trying to I'm trying to get the for the guys that you know th that's that's something I joked when I was uh you know I took the job. I kind of said, hey, I'm going to go find all the Boy Scout troops, reach out to them because those guys usually like outdoor stuff. Um, but yeah, and uh, I made a joke. Uh, I was talking with uh, Corey Connell, who's in Iowa. You know, I said, "Hey, Corey, you know, because he's coaching high school." I said, "Hey, man, you got some guys that like hunting and fishing. Let him know, man. We we've got the opportunity down here." And he goes, and he he looked at me, and, and I don't know if you know Corey much, but he, deadpan, he said, "Because you can't hunt and fish in Iowa." And I was like, "Good point." But <laughs> and I went into my pitch. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think yeah, I'm definitely I, I think highly of my experience in Minnesota. I know the the depth and the, the toughness that wrestling in Minnesota breeds. And you know, I'm trying to get those guys for who are looking, you know, for for something else. Not unlike, like I said, not unlike myself who, you know, decided to go three and a half hours south when everyone was like, why don't you go to Augsburg? Um, those are the kids that I'm looking for, you know. And I mean, you you are not intended to be a recruiting pitch, but a hundred percent I am. So. Yeah, if you if you're if you're that athlete, we've got an opportunity. So, having a great conversation here with Leroy Gardner, getting all sorts of backstory on uh, you know, wrestling in Minnesota. You know the the trip to Uzbekistan, a uh, slight tour of duty in Afghanistan, now coaching at the Division three level. So, uh, the last thing I want to really talk about here is the influence that Division three athletics has 
on one's life? What was some things that you felt that you got out of Division Three, not just the wrestling, but the education, the community that these schools provide that uh, you, you feel made you a better person and something that people should consider be like, hey, you know what? You know, Division Two has the mantra, I chose Division Two. And in Division Three, why choose Division Three? Um, yeah, I can. I mean, I'll be the, the clearest answer for me was I probably academically wasn't, you know, my skill set and habits weren't set up to be successful at a big school right away coming out of high school. Um, you know, and so as when I look at what I value from my time at Warburg was the fact that I could see you know, President Oli walking in the, in the in the quad or something, and I, you know, or I could pop over to his office and say, hey you know, how's it going president and, you know, or, or my, my, my professors, you know, office hours was a real thing. You know, if I needed help on something, man, I always joked that I, you know, I told the guys at, at Navy, you know, I said, Hey guys, here's, and they have less options, right? They can't not show up for class and things like that. But at a civilian school, you know, it's not unheard of for a freshman to miss a class. So for me, it the mantra, what I told those guys, look, I said, if you guys show up for every class, you turn in every assignment and, or, you know, take every test, and go to office hours once a week, I said, you guys will be successful, you know, like the beginning of success, you know, what, it, you know, now if your goal is to go to med school or whatever it is, then yeah, you, you'll have to put in that extra work to reach that, that whatever that other goal is. But I think, you know, um, for me that I valued the fact that people, people knew who you were and cared about you. You know, if I missed a class, someone was like, Hey, where were you yesterday? Or, uh, we always joke that Millboy would hear about you getting in trouble before you knew you were in trouble. And so not that I got in trouble much, but um, I valued that from the from the environment. And I think having the support from the faculty and the community, too, when you walked around in town and, you know, you're a Wartburg wrestler, you know, people knew what that meant um, in terms of the work you put in, the time and they respected that. And I think if you go to some other places, um, that's not the case or you go to a bigger school or a bigger environment, you're just one of 20,000 or 10,000 or whatever the number is. And so for me, being, being appreciated was, was, uh, was fun and being able to appreciate the, you know, like we'd go to volleyball games, we'd go to soccer games, we'd go to football games, um, being able to do that and, and have it matter. Right. So when we show up, everyone knows, oh, here's the wrestling team, you know, and I think that doesn't happen. Like I said, you go to a Michigan game, nothing against the big blue, but you're one of a hundred thousand. You know, and whereas at, at at our school, we we show up in a gymnasium of 500 people or 400, and it matters. You know, it matters to 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 our peers, and um, and so I, I valued that experience a lot. And uh, you know, I think now even you know I saw, um, I think I ran into President Colson, who's now the president of Warburg, and he knew me from an alumni board, and you know he was, you know, super excited, just still cared, and you know, asking about my family, asking about all that stuff, and you don't get that I think at all, all places. And so for me that was the main that that was the biggest thing was just that experience shaped all of sort of who I am now and and that's why it's so easy for me to believe in the division three ethos and the that experience and be able to talk to it you know and and know what that means um so that that's why you know I mean that that's it just all all the the importance that that we meant to the institution and vice versa um we're not just one of 10,000 or 20,000 or whatever you know we were really important to that experience on campus so
show is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.